The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Podcast Beyond, episode 463. Oh, wait, I'm supposed to go ahead. Beyond. 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 All right, there we go. That's that. I guess <laughs> well, we did the, it backwards the, once again. The order. That was strange. Yeah, the order, 1886. Uh, oh. Hi, everybody. I'm Max Scova. With me, Marty Sleva. Hi, Max. Andrew Goldfarb. Hey, Max. And Lucy O'Brien. Hey, Max. From a faraway place. <laughs> Who are you? Far faraway land. That's actually our first bullet point. Lucy's here. So, yeah, bullet point one. Who is that? Who is that? Who is that? Hi, I'm from the Sydney office. Uh, you guys may know me uh, from the Sydney office. And mm-hmm. I'm here today from the Sydney office uh, to do Beyond you with sorry, you. Do you get paid every time you say <laughs> yeah. Sydney office? Who is this Sydney office who's person? Sydney office? <laughs> so you're here from Cindy, who's a good friend of the show. Sydney. Good old Sydney. Um, yeah. No, it's, it's good to have you down. It's, it's, no, it's awesome. It's um, great to be here. Yeah, it's one of those rare things like we tend to only get to see the Australian and the UK team at like E3. Yeah. Or at Coco, or really which like, is the one time a year where everyone gets in San Francisco. To- or like one of you will be at Gamescom for a minute. Like for a minute. Yeah. Like a red hot minute. Yeah. Where like every single like time we're at Gamescom, it's like the best minute. It's like, oh, right? hey, Trista. Oh, all right. Well, it's good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're here for a little while. I am. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm here. Uh, I was here on vacation uh, just to see you lovely people. But uh, I've actually... I'm actually going to stick around a little bit longer to check out some Watch Dogs 2 stuff uh, that's happening in your city. So, yeah, I'm here for another week. Have you got to play nice. that at all yet? Have I got to play Watch, Watch Dogs, Dogs 2? 2. Yeah, yeah, I played two hours before, like, like the day before I left, and I oh, really nice. enjoyed it. Yeah. I actually really enjoyed it. And I'm just going put to put it out there that um, I played not very much of okay. the first game. Um, well, because the first I was game like, was a little bit of a wet blanket. Well, I was just like, it was one of those sort of things where I was just like, oh, okay, it's an open world, but, like, if it's an open world, I really need to be very invested. Yeah. Like, I can't just be semi-invested. And so I was seeing as I was only semi-invested, 
I didn't keep playing. Yeah. Have you yeah. have you spent much time in San Francisco? This is my third time in San Francisco, but it's like this is the first time I've been in San Francisco where I've had some vacation time. That's cool. Have so you hacked any phones or traffic lights? This, that's all I've done. <laughs> yeah. Like with my beanie yeah, and exactly. my ripped yep. jeans yep. and yeah. my flannel. Yeah, um, well, I mean that like, is literally how you things are real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I just like I, I like I crouch down a lot, like yeah. alleyways. Yeah, and, you yep. have that weird. That's that posture. You do that weird crouch. Yeah, you yeah. know, like quasi mode. Yeah, hacker slouch. It's like I'm working from my from home for my startup, but also I'm sitting on the ground. <laughs> Got my little robot friend out. Also, here. crouching sucks. Like that's like the worst like in real position. Life. Yeah, it's yeah. A, like it crouching, hits the lower back. Yeah, yeah and like, like no one looks good sit. crouching. No, it's not like no oh, that's good. you at your yeah. best. No one has a yeah. sexy crouch. Yeah. People always say like The Last of Us is a great game, but I don't think it looks great to be that man in that game because he's just messing up his lumbar. He's yeah. always yeah. Bent, he's always bent over. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, that would hurt. Also, just I don't know. There's something funny about like a game where you have the option to play it stealthily, but when other NPCs aren't really kind of going with that. So you, yeah. just, you just look like you're... It's like when you do excessive, like, tactical roles and, like, <laughs> like we need to sneak around and then it's like... Whoa, whoa. Well, it's also, like, I was watching you play Mafia this weekend and for some reason it wasn't laying you hugged to cover. Yeah. So you were just this weird ga- guy, like, chicken dance walking <laughs> yeah, around, yeah, like, yeah, trying yeah. to hug I was like, to nope, oh, at this point, we're not, we're not doing cover anymore. No, we've gotten rid of that feature in the game. Yep. <laughs> but really, like, if you actually think about it, I, I, I remember when I was... Um, reviewing the evil within mm-hmm. and in that game basically i think i was crouching pretty much like 90 percent of the time or it might have even been batman like it was some game recently i was just like god if i actually could like look at myself like yeah you know it is it's this weird kind of like strange like chicken walk thing uh, i like the idea yeah. that the monsters in the evil within are like oh what is that <laughs> yeah, gross. Yeah. i don't like it <laughs> why is it walking like that <laughs> Anyway, uh, Max, man, you're I'm at sorry. Comic-Con. I'm like, as we speak, I'm sort of, instead of having the usual Beyond logo up on the screen behind us, I have a PlayStation plugged in because I need to download friggin' Tomb Raider. If you for, go to the store, it should say previously purchased. What store? Go to the store. Download get the it. Destiny no. Public Alpha. No, that here, go back. Like a good time. Go back. Okay, so you're gonna, we're going to do a podcast where you walk me through how okay, to download Okay, go to the PlayStation game. store. <laughs> I'm not even on my, oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm not even on my account. This yeah. is on Brian's, so yeah. So Sorry go to that. everybody listening at home. <laughs> This and if, is it, did he buy it? He bought it. I don't know. If he he's like, just it or download it. it, and I'm like, I tr- the last time I tried to click download something here, somebody downloaded. Okay, this is what we're gonna do. This is what we're gonna do. Yeah. Get the controller, yeah. Andrew. Yeah. He'll try Thank to download you. it. You went okay. to Comic Con. I went to New York yep. Comic Con this last York. weekend. That's why I'm sort of frantic, like because we're, I, I don't. It's just it's been busy. We've got a the IGN house party coming up this weekend, and then there's Comic Con this last weekend. So mm-hmm. it's just, and we're downloading a game while recording a podcast. Yeah. So a lot of busy stuff going on. You're going to the Tonys. What you're going to the Tonys? Yeah, next week. from my performance in the the Hamiltons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the sequel to Hamilton. When there's more than one Hamilton, you played Alan Basket, inventor yeah. of the Wicker Basket. Uh, <laughs> I don't think anyway. I don't think he owns this. Okay, game. so Brian doesn't own Twitter. I don't. I'm not, I'm t- anyway, uh, New York Comic Con was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I actually hadn't ever been to that one before. It's a lot smaller than San Diego, and it's also in a city that I think people go to for reasons other than comic-con right. yeah you know? like new york is an a, attraction in a, of itself yeah uh, whereas like san diego during comic-con that city transforms yeah Comic-Con. that's like comic-con the pop-up shop whereas city, yeah. yeah for new york comic-con it's just like a, a little thing in the corner of new york and the rest of the city goes on yeah yep. but does, it was that, a, does that make it more like because i've actually never been to san diego comic-con and i just hear it's chaos and yeah quite exhausting so having a smaller I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, it's smaller, but it's still incredibly busy and crowded. Right. Um, but you can cool, definitely escape. Yeah. What's cool about it is that, like, when I'm my day's done and I'm like, I'm I don't need to do Comic Con coverage anymore. I can like go to a museum or I can yeah. go to s- see things that aren't strictly tied to 
what I cover. Or you can go to an amazing pizza place. Exactly. Yeah. Or even you did exactly what Brian and I did last year, which was we went up to Rockstar and or went down to Rockstar, which Mm -hmm. is nice. Going downtown and getting away from the Comic Con. Yeah, that was that was rad. Um, Went and hung out with the Rockstar guys, and we just did like a live stream. Uh, It was really fun, actually. There was um, they just launched the bikers like DLC Mm -hmm. for GTA Online, Mm -hmm. and the thing is, there have been people who've been playing like they've been role playing as biker gangs. So there's these motorcycle clubs in in the game that have been existing on their own terms without that being, like, part of the content. Like, there's no way of being like, oh, I'm starting a motorcycle club. They're just sort of like, yeah, we start a motorcycle club because we can. That's so cool. And they, like, they're, like, super dedicated to it. They're like, like, okay, uh, we don't use any aim assist. Uh, The following guns are not allowed. Uh, They're like, we only use, we only use, uh, like, explosives or, like, sticky mines uh, for... <laughs> re-engineering the la- the landscape or something, and I'm like, you mean to blow up a fence if it's in the way? <laughs> like they were like about, to, and they're like they drive, they ride in formation, like they they practice. So it's like just taking that game to like so far to the next level, and they do like they do like charity events. Well, and, they, and like, hang out in real. That's life. one of those things. Like the word sandbox gets thrown around a lot, mm-hmm. but it's sort of misused. Like we'll talk about mafia later. Like that's not a sandbox game. Like yeah. you can't call that a sandbox game. Whereas with this, it's like. I don't think anyone ever intended for this to happen when they made that game, but people took what the the Housers and what mm-hmm. Rockstar put in there and were like, well, what if I just start shaping this differently, and what if we move this here and I create my own game? And then yeah. that influenced DLC that's actually out, which is even cooler. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, but it was it was really cool hanging out with those guys, and we were on the stream with like the leaders of a couple motorcycle gangs who called a they called a ceasefire. Uh, for the first week of this DLC being out so that everyone can kind of just get a feel for it and enjoy it without worrying about, like, you know, getting messed up. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's really, really Is really there going to be, like, an in-game, like, Altamont event <laughs> where, like, they, they end up going I mean, to a Stones concert and stabbing someone? God, that's really dark. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. That happened. Just... I know that happened, but, I mean, probably. <laughs> Apparently the big issue I didn't. Is I wasn't be, the one who instigated like, that. One thing they'll be, like, practicing, like, they'll be, you know, in, like, kind of the public area um, just – just driving around and, and they'll be like practicing their uh you know their formation and they'll all be like riding down the road together and be like all right we're gonna practice riding single file or whatever they're like all right let's do two two three two two like let's get in order this way and then like some some random idiot will show up in a jet and just be like oh there's like eight dots going down the map all together i wonder what happens if i shoot that with missiles and then it's like oh you've uh, incurred the wrath of a motorcycle gang that doesn't use aim assist like you've got a bunch of bikers after you like i mean it's just kind of it's it's so funny like yeah. yeah, I remember hearing stories like that, uh, like about stuff like Daisy and Rust, about how like the way people would just play those games is like, oh no, we've started this society, mm-hmm. and yeah. you'll encounter a random player and be like, hey, you have to put this bag over your head and you have to give us all your items. Yeah, there's yeah. still a yeah. feature on IGN that Mitch wrote about yeah. Rust and about like that, like emergent gameplay. Yeah, yeah. R.I.P. Mitch. Um, I don't know away. who Mitch is. I don't know. He's uh, he's forgotten. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Mafia Three came out. Speaking yes. of uh, Take Two Interactive, why is there space Jam crime picture? properties? What? There's a Space Jam picture okay, in this You can't stuff. just refer to something that no one else can see. For those of you listening or watching at home, we've got these notes that we write that no, are sometimes very stupid. Sense. So uh, we wrote Mafia 3, and then Max wrote Marty hated it, and then I wrote 7.5 is not hate you monstar, and then you put a picture of the monsters. Of the monsters. Oh, the okay. monsters. Then, yeah. Okay, yeah, that, I was says, Welcome to the Space, space Jam. Jam. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, so you said in your review that there weren't enough Silly Boats missions and that the graphics were bad. I didn't say either. <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest. I didn't read your review, but I made up some of my own notes about it. I mean, there could have been more Silly Boat missions. Yeah. yeah. The graphics are actually pretty good. Um, yeah, there's going to be a Silly Boat expansion <laughs> pack. Uh, yeah, so I gave uh, the game a 7.5. I played through it primarily on Xbox One, and I dabbled in the PS4 and uh, 
PC versions, uh, I adore the story. I think it's legitimately one of the best stories in a AAA game of this generation. Really? Uh, yeah. That's, that's okay. It, the, the characters, the writing, the performances uh, – of, of, of Lincoln and your three lieutenants and sort of the priest. And I love the, the framing device of it goes forward a couple of years after the events of the games when your CIA contact is, be, is under deposition and he's sort of retelling the events of the games. But then it goes forward 30 years to when the priest is an old man and he's reflecting upon this time in his life when he's like, I befriended a mass murderer and this is something I've been weighing on my conscience for my entire adult life and I don't what? know what to do about it. Yeah. And so all of this stuff is just like, how is this in a triple A game? It's like how Spec Ops, like when mm-hmm. Spec Ops right. came out, you're like, you have no business well, telling this story. That makes sense because Walt Williams worked on that. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, I also worked a little bit on Mafia 3 too. I think that was his last wow. game. Um, yeah. But uh, so story is incredible front to back. The, the there's, there's variations of the ending depending on what you do, which I loved. Yeah. Uh, that being said, the moment to moment gameplay is just sort of bland across the board. Bland. So like what, like elaborate. It is. I'm sorry. I haven't read your review. No, I that's, that's I've fun. been on holiday there. It is. It, it follows the, the exact mold that GTA three started where it's, it's drive from point A to point B, grab your mission. Right finish your mission but the thing is it doesn't do anything poorly but it doesn't really do anything well Mm -hmm. the cover system is adequate when it works but far too often we were joking about it earlier it just wouldn't work and so andrew saw me in the middle of a gunfight me trying to just be like i'm gonna get behind this wall and it's like well no the system decided to stop working uh the the guns are again adequate it is i found myself just using the base pistol from the beginning of the game throughout the entire game really I never needed anything else um there's stealth kills which is just shows how dumb the enemy ai is you whistle when you're in cover and they'll walk <laughs> over and then you stab them and a guy will be like what happened over there and you whistle and then he comes over that was Marty's... Is oh there's cr- so is much there, there like, like a lot of like duck walking oh and... there is so All much right. his whole game was that there's a mechanic where when you whistle guys come to you one at a time so he would just sit in a doorway crouched and whistle and stab a guy, and then whistle, and stab the next guy, and there's like this, like slowly piling yeah. up bodies. And the the <laughs> the ninety percent of the missions fall into the same couple buckets of uh, go into this building and kill a guy, or destroy the cargo of this specific district, whether it's drugs or whiskey or or um, porn. And then uh, who would ever do that? It's terrible. A cargo is a porn. Yeah, would you, Who well, just, we'll a like, big oh, pallet of porn? Looks like there's a bunch of fun coming into the, into the city. We've got to get rid of it. It's got a bunch of, <laughs> a bunch of fun Milton Bradley games. Uh, there's some uh, Super Balls, porn, whiskey. Going to nuke all that stuff, and everyone's going to have a real bad time. Uh, and those get like, the thing is, you go through that cycle for every district in the game, so you literally go through the cycle of doing multiple missions like that nine times. Right. Uh, so it just gets repetitive. Yeah, but that said, each district culminates in, uh, the story's sort of a Kill Bill revenge tale uh, at its base core, so you're slowly working your way up the, the mafia hierarchy. Um, but each mission, or each district culminates in a really cool set-piece mission, and like we showed at uh, E3, we had the big one on the riverboat that's sinking. Yeah. There's one in this flooded, cool. abandoned quasi-racist amusement park. I mean, just straight-up racist amusement okay. park that's like, yeah. it's a small world, but just uh, with Song of the South. Yeah, and there was literally a clan rally. Yeah, there's a clan rally like, that you go and just yeah. burn a dude alive. I know. hear they handle it, like, quite well. Yeah, they do. I mean, that's the thing. The other thing yeah. is I'm like, oh, this is, you know, when, when someone is dealing with a, a half-black protagonist coming back from Vietnam in 1968 Louisiana, you're like, yeah. there's no way a video game can handle this tactfully, but it does. Yeah. And it handles it even in the mechanics where there's certain neighborhoods where if you rob a car in an affluent neighborhood, the cops are called and they will come right away in full force. If you rob it in, in uh, Hollows, which is like the starting off the, the black neighborhood, 
they might not even call the cops, or the cops just won't come. And so wow. it's like, and there's certain buildings you enter where they're like, hey, we don't serve you. Like, Good get out. If you stay in, like, the cops will be called. I mean, the crazy thing about this game, and I've said this to you a couple times, is, like, because Marty played a bunch of this in my apartment, and I just watched, basically. Uh, I find it... I find it fascinating that, like, the landscape of the industry is that this probably had to be an open-world game, mm. whereas I don't think mechanically it needed to be. Like, it seems like the story and performances are so good that maybe it would have benefited from just being linear or mm-hmm. even being, like, quasi-open-world, like a Bioshock or something like that. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. The open-world things are, the, in my opinion, the weakest elements of the game. Um, I really like there's a lieutenant system where uh, early on you get three... Uh, sort of lieutenants who work under you, one of which is Vito, who is the main character of Mafia 2. And so you have these three. You have a, an Irish dude, an Italian dude, and a Haitian woman. Do they and ever walk into a bar together? They, yes, they do, actually. <laughs> I think you have your meeting in a bar. There's a priest there, too. <laughs> there is a priest. Uh, but every time you take over a district, you have to choose which one of them you assign it to. And I kept doing Vito because his you get perks based on which character it is. So you, the, the Haitian woman's, uh, you will continually upgrade your arsenal, whereas Vito will, was health-based stuff. And eventually, Cassandra, the Haitian, was like, hey, if, if you don't give me this next one, we're going to have a problem. And I was like, well, I, do, like, I liked her as a character, but I'm like, mechanically, I'm siding with Vito because like, your perks are way more in line with the way I play. And I gave one too many things away, and Cassandra was like, all right, this is done. She leaves the meeting, and the mission that pops up is you have to kill Cassandra. Holy crap. Yeah, and so it's like this thing, and then it's like this super, like, you kill her. I'm just like, oh, this is, like, really sad. Like, I felt genuinely bad. And, like, depending on which of the lieutenants you kill, which ones you keep alive, which ones like you, that impacts the end of the game. Hmm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it does certain things. I gave it a 7.5, despite the fact that mechanically the game is so average, like, everything else that the game tries to do and does accomplish is so good and really does elevate the thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, it's so weird to try to tell a story in an open world game because it's like, it's an open world. It's yeah. A, yeah. a sandbox is not conducive to storytelling that's not something you're making up on your own. So when that's pulled off well, it's it's incredibly impressive. But yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it sounds like, like I, I kind of asked, I asked the guy, uh, Hayden Blackman when mm-hmm. he, I was up, up, on up at noon and it was like, what kind of stuff do you have you know them doing in the open world in the sandbox and he's like well you know it doesn't really make any sense if you're on this revenge mission to like go street racing exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like kind of yeah. you know but, so i mean it, that's the thing though is if you're on a revenge mission make it a linear game about a revenge mission yeah. i mean yeah. that's what i think gta 5 worked so incredibly well because it was like which of these activities make sense for the individual characters mm-hmm. and you're still playing as like one character in this so it's and yeah, G- G- yeah, and GTA Five like also has always kind of been about anarchy. Well, the GTA series oh, sure. has always yeah. been about anarchy. Yeah. So like, almost it doesn't even matter if it doesn't quite fit that this character is going to suddenly go racing or like mm-hmm. whatever, because it's just that's the series. Yeah, it's yeah, totally. Kind of, it's so also the games like, where you get rocket launchers and jetpacks, and you get on a roof and try to cause as much chaos yeah. before you die. Yeah. I, I would also rather like ultimately like look. It's a video game, and like I like Mass Effect Three is a really good example mm-hmm. of like. Yeah, doing any side quest doesn't make sense because you're supposed to be rushing to save the world, but having side quests to do prevents it from being boring, and actually it's nice yeah. to... Like, yes, technically those don't super fit the narrative, yeah. but truthfully, like, I would prefer kind of messing with the uh, immersion a little bit and giving me something yeah. to do as opposed to being like, oh, our game is, like, all immersive all the time, but you're going to be bored out of your mind if you're not yeah. in a story mission. And there are, like, there's collectibles, like, there's... Uh Playboy magazines and album covers and and, and sort of pin-up posters, and, but they don't 
do anything. Like, there's no collect 50 of these and you get a perk. Or there's, mm-hmm. I don't even think there's an achievement tied to them. One cool thing with the Playboys, though, is that you can read the articles of the magazines you get. And so there's like a five page interview with Noam Chomsky in this game. <laughs> That you could just read, and like there's Gore Vidal interviews. And I'm that's, like, that's probably the first time I've ever seen that in a AAA game. That's, that's great. Cool. Yeah. Well, what, like, uh, just as a total aside, yesterday I was in a thrift shop and um, <clears throat> I opened a Playboy magazine, and it was actually the first Playboy magazine I've ever opened in my life. I don't like, you know, I'm cle- I'm a woman clearly, wasn't around Playboy magazines a lot, um, and then the internet came along, and you know, mm-hmm. porno magazine. I didn't realize like this is from this is a Playboy magazine from like 1980. One or yeah. something. I mean, they they yeah. weren't kidding that there were a lot of articles in there. Oh yeah, like I honestly, I don't know what I was. Well, I was expecting, you know, just boobs, just yeah. boobs yeah. right? But yeah, there were. A I mean, lot like, of articles. I mean, it's like Hunter S. Thompson yeah. wrote for Playboy. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Roll Doll. Yeah, I mean, there were yeah. there were like Shel Silverstein drawings in there. It was like kind of a weird intersection. Yeah, yeah it's of, a weird. It's like a lifestyle publication, I guess, uh, that also had naked women in it, which yeah. is a really weird. Like, and it's weird. Like the modern era of Playboy is interesting too, because like they had a video game. Website like they had well, coverage no of like, pop culture. Right. Yeah, they've yeah. been like, yeah, hey, what if we? Right. Yeah, they're now safe for work. Essentially, like you can read their articles on, on their website, and they're like, hey, this actually does better traffic than if we have stuff that gets blocked by search filters. So yeah, you know, Makes interesting. Sense. Yep. Yeah. Also, uh, and I said the soundtrack is probably the best use of licensed music to set a tone for a time and place since Vice City. Damn. Just uh, awesome. Rolling Stones, That's... CCR, Sam Cooke, Bob Dylan, Jimi Hendrix. Like it's it's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Um, we had to turn uh, all of that off for every video we recorded, though, because we did not want to get our YouTube channel flagged. God, that's annoying. Uh, on that Thanks, note, Sam Cook. Rise of the Tomb Raider, which is something I'm not not currently downloading <laughs> on the, this PS4 here, but which is a game. You want to just pull it up as like a cool background image or something? Yeah, there's, a, right. there's a cool trailer you can get to play. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, this is this is like right upon us. This is like coming out. Yeah, I think this is the one with all the, all the bells and whistles right? and everything. Today's Tuesday. Wait, and so you you reviewed Rise of the Tomb Raider, right? Did uh, I yeah, I, I did the original. I reviewed the original yeah. and uh, all the DLC yeah. that came Baba out. Baba Yaga. Yes, she's a witch. Baba Yaga. Yeah. yeah, but I haven't actually got my hands on this. I haven't touched it. Um, I think Jonathan so, updated. Yeah, Jonathan, Jonathan reviewed, reviewed it, and then yeah. we, you and I played. Well, you played most of it at. Uh, Crystal Blood and ties. I played the rest of it at Gamescom. Blood ties. So yeah, there's yeah. there's Blood Ties, Lars Nightmare, and then uh, Blood Ties also available in PSVR. Yeah, so, so Blood Ties of, is sort of the, uh, for lack of a better term, gone home. Yeah, hour long story where you you go around Croft Manor. There's no combat, and it's you sort of piecing together the story of your family and solving light puzzles. Yeah, the, the yeah. frame of it is that uh, you weren't technically named in the will for uh, Croft Manor. Right. So uh, when your father dies. You like this angry uncle who's like, well, I actually get the rights to the house unless you can find evidence that specifically says they wanted you to. And there's a safe. And you're like, well, how am I going to guess my dad's combination? And then you go around the house and learn a bunch of stuff about his history to try and figure out how to get the documents you need. Um, that sounds awesome. That's, and it's actually really, really cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. cool. Really great writing in VO. There's like yep. light puzzle stuff where like this room is dark and you need to get the headlamp. And so you, mean, like, you mean literally light Light puzzles. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean there are. Yeah, there yeah. is. Like you need to find Where's a lighter. Where's the dark light switch? You need to find a lighter to start a uh, fireplace so that you could see heat. No spoilers. Activated yeah. ink. Yeah, and you right. might have made all that up. They do really smart stuff like that, and it's funny because then they took like, and that's all the Croftmaner stuff that obviously wasn't in the in the core game because you don't yeah. really explore the house. But then they took that environment they created and they were like, well, let's make a weird video gamey mode. So there's this other mode called Lara's Nightmare where it's all set at night in Croft Manor, but your uncle's voice is suddenly really scary and otherworldly, and it's like, 
you're fighting demons and zombies oh, wow. in the house, and it's like a almost like a Resident Evil style. Like you have to like take out these like big like weird floating head bosses, and like there's like a lot of like resource scarcity where you're like constantly like, switching guns and finding ammo and things like that. That's so like I love that they're doing that because it's it's making use of a the environment they obviously spend a lot, a lot of time on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, I think it's one of the coolest things we've seen with kind of modern sandbox design is like you've got if you've got a large space that you've created and there's kind of you know, there's there's things that are obviously fun to do with it, but being like, okay, let's try different angles. Like, I mean, Metal Gear Solid Five was a good instance of this, where they were like, right. we've we've built a bunch of little maps, and it's the configuration of how enemies are in there or what you're trying to do that changes the entire you know mm. form of gameplay. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is cool that to to see it go with you know two drastically different angles. Like one is a totally just poke around narrative thing, and the other one's like kill the zombies, yeah. video games. Yeah, and it's also if you if you don't want one, you can have the other. Like yeah. if you're yeah. a guy who just wants to go shoot a bunch of stuff, you can. Yeah. If you're somebody who wants to like watch a more narrative focus yeah. mode, you can and do that. And also the Gone Homey one is available. You can play it in PSVR, which is actually yeah. really cool. Evidently, though, there are two different. What you I want Gone Homey. I want to say Gone Homies. I want to see a, yeah. a game where <laughs> Laura Croft's got to go around and find all her homies figurines. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just really stoked that like PlayStation. Players can finally, well, you know, PlayStation owners only can finally play this game. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Because, one of the best games. Last you week. know, we've known that it's been an amazing game for like how long? Like a, a year. year? Yeah, a, a year. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'm just really excited because I I was really surprised at how much I loved uh, loved Rise of Tomb Raider um, back Same. then, and yeah, so I'm stoked that people can finally actually play it uh, on PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm glad I waited honestly because like it's there's always that kind of if you play something on one system and then you want to go back and revisit it, there's always sort of that sense of like, oh, no matter how good the game is, there's like, you ha- oh, I got to do the tutorial again, or I have to do this right. again. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So it's like the fact that I haven't touched it at all is like it's entirely. I'm really curious to see your thoughts because of having played it after Uncharted Four, mm-hmm. just because all of us and Brian obviously played last fall. We played Tomb Raider and yeah. then played Uncharted Four in the summer or spring or whenever mm-hmm. it came out. Whereas mm-hmm. and so. We couldn't help but, or I couldn't help at least, playing Uncharted 4 and drawing comparisons to Tomb Raider. What it, what yep. it did better than Tomb Raider, what Tomb Raider did better than it. Because they are, despite the fact that Tomb Raider is more of an open world game than Uncharted, they do a lot of the same things. And it's not even, it's like Tomb Raider also sort of feels like a smart, it's, it's like it's so weird to compare it to Naughty Dog, but it, it feels like a smart combination of The Last of Us and Uncharted. Like you have weapon crafting, you have like this like mm-hmm. sort of like upgrade system. And all that's not an Uncharted at all, and, and nor should it be. Like, that's not, you know, Uncharted is fine being its own thing. But I think having played Tomb Raider first, like, that just personally is way more up my alley. Like, having, like, sort of, like, RPG tree-type ways to upgrade things. We, we talked so, about with Uncharted of, like, it, but I couldn't get over the f- lack of ownership of weapons. Yeah. Whereas in, like, Tomb Raider and The Last of Us, it's like you're crafting things that are, like, that mean something to you. Yeah. And, and yeah. You're, you're investing in them, whereas everything's sort of disposable in Uncharted. Which well, again, and plus you're, it, you're creating your own playstyle that yeah. way too, right? You're like, if I only use the bow, then I'm going to upgrade the bow and make the bow better. Whereas, like, if I only use a gun, then I'll upgrade guns. And in Uncharted, it's not that. It's just, like, pick up everything yeah. and everyone has the same baseline. And I think, like, that's a just different way to play a game. Yeah. It's totally fine to compare the two also because, like, they're, at the end of the day, I mean, to be reductive as hell they're very similar products going after the same audience sure. 
from different companies. Oh you know? my god! Well, when my Uncharted Four <laughs> review went live, you guys will remember that everyone was comparing the two because obviously I reviewed both of them. Yeah. So some of the um, assumptions there were quite extreme. Well, I always I always hated that because people would be like Call of Duty or Battlefield, which is better? And it's like they're different. They're different. You know? They are different. Like but yes, I can I can I totally understand why people are like, well, you know, you enjoy Tomb Raider more than Uncharted, and they're basically the same except one character is a woman. Um, but no, that's being very reductive. No. And, yeah. Um, they are they are different games in a, in a similar genre. But I do just want to like also just give a shout out like um, again before we move on just to Lara Croft as a character in the series. Yep. Like I just like so, you know since the reboot, I just think she is just she's such a wonderful character mm-hmm. because she's not um, she's not overly sexualized. She's she's very confident. She's she's very much her own sort of um, person and she's fallible. And um, mm-hmm. I like the fact that you can kind of. You're let into her own like psyche with mm-hmm. her little like you know the little like, like quips that she says to herself, the way she talks to herself and, and stuff like that. Like I really got into her mind, and I really liked that. And yep. yeah, I would love to see more um, of that sort of style of writing, I yeah. guess, in these triple yeah. A's. I'm struggling to think of a character that's been rebooted or reinvented as successfully. Yeah, I agree. To, to go I from agree. like this, this like kind of just a polygonal pinup to, to just like. It floats around through dinosaur space to being like, oh, here's this girl who has a hard time killing a deer, and then she's. I, that, I mean, that's yeah. the moment to me that like when I when I played the first reboot and she like has to skin the deer and she's like pretty much sobbing because mm-hmm. she's yeah. like, I don't want to have to do this. I'm like, oh wow, yeah, and like she's a human being, yeah. which I feel like there's so many like just two dimensional video game protagonists. That's yeah. nice to have someone who's well rounded. I mean, I feel like with her, I think it's a testament to what a good job Crystal did that in the first game, I I just don't care about the supporting cast at all. But I liked the game and I liked saving them because I cared about Lara and she cared about them. Yeah, and that was right. honestly enough for me. Yeah. If there was if there's one thing that in whatever the third game is, I, I would want changed, it's it's stronger supporting characters. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Because she is such an you. awesome core. Whereas like Uncharted, sort of every supporting character is strong. Yeah, yeah. like um, across the board, Uncharted, yeah. like the whole cast is really memorable. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do agree with you. Like, they, like, for the next game, definitely a stronger supporting yeah. cast. Just a match Lara, because Lara yeah. is such an amazing yeah. character. Because yep. also, like, gameplay-wise, it's solid. Like, you mm-hmm. did it. Just, yeah. just build it. Like, you, you have the best foundation possible for gameplay. Yeah. I thought uh, I enjoyed the, the first one the most when it was when it was isolating, you know, when it was, it, when it wasn't about like, Oh, there's your friend. You got to save you. There's your, there's that big guy who looks like Voss from Far Cry put on a lot of yeah. weight or whatever. Like, <laughs> uh, it was just like, it's so much more fun when you're just like alone in this universe. And well, that, this I mean, that goes, that's yeah. exactly it. And that goes back to the original Tomb mm-hmm. Raider that we all played when we were kids. Right. Where yeah. that was like the first like game for many of us that evoked that kind of sense of isolation and, yeah. Like, yeah. and like discovering the environment and all these like magical things that, just were so incredibly new and you felt like you were stumbling across them by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, it, I totally forgot about this as one of the other new features in this until you mentioned that. Uh, the last new mode they put in is uh, the survival mode that was DLC in Rise of Tomb Raider and Xbox right. is now co-op. And it's actually really cool. It's almost like a weird... It's like a, a little bit of Dark Souls, a little bit of like Don't Starve Together kind of stuff where it is... Uh, you're out in the wilderness, you're hunting, you're gathering resources, and you have these meters you're maintaining, and um, you basically just stay alive for as long as you can, as many days as you can, and if you die, then you lose everything. Yeah. And so it's just a really, like, I, it, it is that feel that you're describing of, like, being out in the wilderness and, like, feeling like you are, like, isolated, but you can do it with a friend, which I think is really cool. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, one of the best games of 2015, still one of the best games of 2016. Cool. Yeah. Um, 
Speaking of best games of 2015 or 16 or whatever year it is, I don't care. Uh, Ratchet and Clank is 20 bucks on PSN. Yeah. And you should totally play it because yes. that is a really, really good video game. Yes. Yep. It is bright. It is colorful. It is funny. It is so much fun to play through. Um, I feel like that's one of those games that I th- it sold well, but yeah. like uh, Sunset Overdrive, I, I feel like it is such an incredible game. You are a damn simpleton if you don't pick this up for $20. So, I mean, what if they yeah, just don't have the money? Yeah, you're a damn simpleton. What if they don't have the money? What if they don't have the money? I don't know. Then I don't know. Go uh, sell a leg. Sell one leg. Sell yeah, one doesn't leg. have to be yours. <laughs> Break. Get on do down a, there. Do watch the documentary. On, don't on. breathe. <laughs> Rob a blind man's house in Detroit. But watch out. It, he's got secrets. Yeah, <laughs> it'll work out great for you. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it'll work really out great, great for those characters. Yeah, head on down to the boardwalk and sell that leg. <laughs> I feel like Dan Simpleton sounds like it would be like the Halloween Twitter name of Dan Simpleton. Dan Simpleton. <laughs> <laughs> Aw, <laughs> uh, I feel bad now. People are going to say that in the comments. No, they won't. Dan, uh, Dan made his Beyond debut last week. Did he? Also, Dan is very much the opposite of a simpleton. That's yeah. a very smart man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Ratchet and Clank, like, I I never really cared much for the original, like, the original games. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are parts of this, the new one, that I really, I wish they'd been less faithful to the original, because mm-hmm. I feel like there's stuff, like, the the, sur- the surfer character is infuriating. Oh, yeah. It's just so, like, uh, go back to DreamWorks, you idiot um <laughs> but yeah like it's, it's just a beautiful game like the yeah. fact that they can be like here's an art direction you might not really gel with but like just the the lighting and the, the colors yeah. the, the way it animates yeah. is just insane and just so. like the the fur textures and like mm-hmm. the subtle movements yeah i think it's right up there with bloodborne is my favorite uh, ps4 exclusive yeah. um wow. i cannot wait cool. to play them play the spider-man game they're making it's gonna be yes. right I, I keep forgetting that they're making a spider-man game so make the spider-man yep. game noise i hope we hear more doesn't have a spider-man <laughs> spider-man i feel like psx would be a good place to learn more about that sorry yeah took down our team radio backdrop um so i want to talk about westworld oh even though that's yes. even though it's a tv show uh for those of you not paying attention this is a tv show that is loosely based on one of michael crichton's first novels which is basically about a funky cowboy theme park full of fake people uh, but the uh, the new TV show is like so totally about video games yeah. without being about video games, and it's yeah. crazy. brilliant. Yeah. So because yeah, because Crichton's like movie, which is made in I'm probably getting this 70s. totally wrong, like like early seventies, yeah. I think, um, was very much like you know okay, the theme park, something goes wrong, and it's basically like, you know, yeah. like Jurassic it's dr- Park. It is Jurassic, like yeah. it's Jurassic yeah. Park, but with robots. Robots. cowboy robots pursuing yeah. you mm-hmm. instead of a, yeah. a T-Rex. But yeah, they've taken it in such a crazy, new, and interesting way um, in the series where, yeah, it is all about uh, people playing the park like it's yeah. a video game. Mm-hmm. And we're all of a sudden like looking through it because I saw Westworld, the original movie, back when I was I don't know, like like thirteen or something. Yeah. Um, and now I'm you know I'm however old I am, uh, <laughs> and I played so many video games and I and I look through the lens of, of a, as a gamer, right? And I can just see that this is almost like. 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years down the line, this is mm-hmm. the end game for mm-hmm. video games. Like it is the the, the complete immersive. Yeah. Uh, Interactive totally. experience. Well, it's really with funny no to think about it because, like, when when Crichton wrote the book, their video games were like maybe Pong. Like right. there wasn't there wasn't anything there yet. Uh, so to be like, oh, this is a, a fictional universe where choices your entire thing. He was going after like you know the kind of theme park like, like there, Disneyland. There yeah. were those like yeah. those Wild West towns where you're like, oh, there's going to be a fake gunfight at noon. But like, oh, what if I could be a part of it? Mm-hmm. And now like we're in a post Red Dead Redemption world where it's like 
do you want to be like a mean person or you want to be like a good person? Yeah, yeah and there's, uh, I mean, it, it is basically an open world game. I mean, there's NPCs, there are various quests, there yeah. are main quests, there are side yeah. quests. The show deals it, yeah. with the fact that if you have to remove a handful of these, they're called hosts, so it's the robots that you interact with. If you have to remove these characters, how does it impact the quest? Mm-hmm. Right. And so you're like, literally think about a game like Red Dead or like Skyrim. You're like, well, if you took, if you took away the bartender who gives me yeah. the, the, who gives me the quest to get this thing, how do I get this thing? Yep. And so it is like, this is, it's not like us uh, being crazy and, and trying to, uh, put ourselves in the show like the show is absolutely influenced by video games mm-hmm. and you're yeah. you're even seeing like uh there's this one character who um who's the writer he's like the head writer and you can all like you can see his him trying to and I, it just it's it just sort of i can just imagine this conversation going on in a video game uh writer's room yep. where the head writer is trying to pitch something and everyone else is like dude like this is your story Every open world game should be about the player's story, mm-hmm. yeah. and you can see that push and pull in the series as the writer keeps trying to, um, you know, put himself into yeah. the world. Yeah, and yeah. I think it was it was someone on Twitter. It might have been Nick Robinson from Polygon. I'll just give him credit for this joke, even if it wasn't him. But he, he would like jokingly was like, "Oh, Westworld is a documentary about Bethesda Game Studios," and it's <laughs> like you, I totally get that. Like yeah. it does. It feels like what it would be like because I totally agree with you. Like yeah, I can yeah. picture those conversations happening in the context. It of was. The game. Yeah. It's really without spoiling it. There's a moment where. Uh, he writes this monologue for a character oh, and so the, the monologue gets interrupted and he's like, oh, like, they didn't even get to the best part. Yeah. And I was playing Mafia this weekend and oh, I'm, yeah. I'm driving and the characters are like, I'm driving to my mission and two characters in the car, the guy's telling this story and it's just like, really good story. And then, right when they're about to get to the punchline of the story, I go past the trigger mark and I trigger the actual cutscene. It's all like, now I never know how that story ends. And yeah. so I'm totally like, whoever wrote this story did a really good job of writing a story and because of my actions, I don't get to know how it ends. And so like, I robbed them of that. Yeah. One of my, yeah. One of my favorite things in, in GTA is when you're just like driving along and the characters are having a conversation then you like hit like a street sign and they're like, so anyway, we're going to have to go down to the docks <laughs> yeah. or we're going to steal... <laughs> and, you're like, and you're just, and then there's like that awkward pause, and they're like, "So we're gonna have to go down to the docks," and you're like, "All right, yeah. <laughs> it's like a weird, weird car ride." Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's it's so good, and and I, I, it also sort of brings up that um, again, try not spoil anything, but it brings up this idea of um, players trying to crack the meta. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like trying mm-hmm, to crack mm-hmm. the end game and discover what it's all about, mm-hmm. and um, like. You know, there there is one character in particular who you can sort of see being very brutal and acting and and being that bad guy and doing all that stuff because he doesn't care about the um, about the quests and all mm-hmm. that stuff. He just wants to get to the bottom of yeah. Yeah. of the meta, which is of course like something that you know so many gamers do once they've played a game enough times and they know the world inside out. Like GTA Five is another really good example where everyone's just trying to like find those hidden Easter eggs and doing yeah. like basically yep. anything well, they was, can. And there's stuff where like you don't even know what it is. Like yeah. there was a there was a, a bit with like a the UFO in GTA oh, 5 yeah. That's right. that, like, yeah. that only appears at certain times in the in-game clock and like there were like weird hieroglyphs and people mm-hmm. were trying to figure I don't think they well, figured and that's, it out yet. Yeah. My favorite part of this is that like uh someone else on Twitter said this. There's a lot of smart thoughts about this show on Twitter. <laughs> Congrats, Dick so, Robinson. So, yeah, another Dick Robinson. Dick gem. Robinson of Twitter.com. Uh, <laughs> no, but there's uh someone else was saying that like everyone we follow uh is a console player but then Ed Harris's character is like a PC guy data mining. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's, that's right. like such yeah. an interesting way to look at well, it. Well, and it's also like, uh, like not only is it 
digging into a game like GTA 5 where you're like, oh, did Rockstar put something in this? But it's also like speedruns where you're like, oh, this guy beat uh, Ocarina of Time in 15 minutes because he backflipped a bunch and all of a sudden went to the last dungeon. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. well, that wasn't intended. Like, no one yeah. intended yeah. to put that there, but you just broke the game enough. And yeah. as, as gamers also, it also make, like, I've been watching it and thinking, like, how would I how would I go into yeah. this world? Like, yes. what would I do? Would I, you know, if I had if I had one shot, what would I do? Would I try and mess around or would I play by their rules? Yeah. And yeah. I think the answer is that I would play by their rules. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, totally. Like, I, I was thinking that too. Like, I would, I would totally go there and just like, quietly sit at the bar and have conversations with people. It's like half like escapist video game thing where you're like, yeah, you can go in there, you can bang out, you can kill people, you can ride a horse or whatever, but then yeah. it's also like, ah, oh, the big three. You can also just go hiking and have a nice yeah. meal. And it's like, right. like things yeah. you can do at an actual resort and then things you can do in video games. It's it's, yeah, yeah, it's still, I mean, it's still a lot of fun. Like, There's that scene where there's like a nice family that like finds a girl painting and they're like, that's a nice painting. And she's like, thanks, it's getting dark, you should go home. And they're like, okay, yeah. Like, I'm like, oh yeah, that would Let's be go me. Fun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's uh it, it's fascinating to watch in the context of I mean, it's a great show in any yeah. way, oh, but yeah. like I I think in the context of gaming and like in playing games like this, I, I think there's an extra layer to it that's super interesting. And like Jonathan Nolan said in an interview that like Red Dead and Bioshock Infinite and other games did sort of inspire a little bit of what's there. So yeah, I, I love this show. I yeah. totally can't recommend it enough. It's really cool to see uh like high quality conventional media that's taking cues from video games without being stupid yeah <laughs> and and just like just quickly um jonathan nolan and his wife lisa joy are the masterminds behind it and uh they were actually talking about how they play gta differently so he blasts through the missions and it's just like all about getting through the story and she's she is someone who stops at every street light and you know wow. what i mean so yeah, like yeah. what's really that. interesting is that you've got those two people in charge um <sighs> and you're seeing those sort of dynamics working in the show yeah that's I awesome that. i love that oh i also meant to say i did a, a Westworld VR experience oh, at yeah. New York Comic Con, which was incredibly cool and weird. Uh, also, like, if it seems like we're going too deep on this, this is two episodes in. So, if you <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It's on. Wait, we I don't know. It's on HBO. This, we don't know what so. the hell this show is like yeah. yet. Uh, also, the show might get awful by the end. Yeah, yeah. It could, it could, yeah. Then the kangaroo <laughs> showed up. Man, in episode three, when all the animals started talking, it was yeah. really weird. <laughs> that Superman crossover. I don't know why they got Gilbert Godfrey to do this? But no, like, it was really, it was really strange. They basically had this like pop up shop at a at comic-con where you walk up and it's in this like kind of off the beaten path like there's mm. this it was like this side street up the way from the convention center it had a big sign out front that had the Westworld logo you open the door and you're greeted by like actual hosts like there was this there's very handsome man in like an all-white suit white just entirely white and he's ah hello there do you have an appointment with us and we're like yeah, we got a we got at a eleven forty five. I think we're uh, from IGN. And <laughs> I'm fixing like, Brian like brah brah. Yeah, and they're like, ah, excellent. Um, now, have you put any thought into uh, what kind of a host you'd like, a male or female? And Brian's like, female. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I guess for the sake of journalism, I don't know where this is going to go. I'll take a male host. Uh, and it winds up being this whole thing where they like lead you in the back, and there's this like beautiful woman sitting behind this like clear plexiglass desk. Wait, and she's, at what? Are you? Do you have a headset on? At this no, no. Point? This is a physical <laughs> space. Oh my God. Like this is the this is the office. This yeah. is us being like led to the area where they're and they're like, all right, well, we're gonna take you in the back and there's a VR demo that we're gonna hook you up to and we're gonna see how it goes and you welcome to Westworld, home of the Westworld. Like, just is this like ASMR. Uh, welcome to Westworld, home no, it was, of the it was Westworld. All, it was all very like very quiet. Like it was totally like. Oh, that's so unnerving. It, it felt like um, it felt like a really high end department store, right. which was fitting because then you put on the VR headset and they're like. 
welcome. Uh, we're going to outfit you in all of the necessary Westworld uh, attire. This is all custom, bespoke, and totally fit. And this actually, this environment showed up in the second episode where they're basically like, here, get your hat, get your gun. Here's your, here's mm-hmm. your new stuff. But they had you, like, using a, a VR controller to, like, pick up the gun and, like, hold it and look at it in your hand and then put your hat on and it shows up kind of above your above your head. That's and then really it cool. warps you to this, like, oh, Wild West really area, cool. and you're looking around, and there's, like, vultures flying overhead, and people having, like, a bar fight in the distance, and the, the, your host is there, and he's like, all right, partner, <laughs> let's get you set up, and you're going to shoot some cans and bottles or some bullets right behind you. Let's see if you're a natural at this. And you're like, I'm like, of course I'm a natural at using VR at this point, so I'm just, like, trying to shoot, and my gun's like, click, 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 click. And I'm like, give me the damn bullets already. <laughs> and then I just, like, wave that. And it's it's clearly, like, kind of you dumbed brat. down for, yeah, yeah. for like, making for people who haven't done VR before. But right. if you hadn't done VR before and you'd seen one episode of Westworld, this would have been like, holy crap. But, like, yeah. it definitely got me more interested. And then it does this thing where it, like, you know, you go through the, the experience, and then they're like, oh, the, the robots are getting kind of goofy in here. Let's maybe take you out of it. And then you're suddenly not in a CG environment, but in, like, a just an FMV like 360 video that's basically shot on the Westworld set and it's got some like graphics on top of it but it's very much like kind of a jarring shift in what you're seeing in terms of like uh, just the fidelity of Mm -hmm. the imagery but uh, and then they pull you out of it and they're like did you enjoy your trip to Westworld and I'm like Yes, it was fine. Thank you. And they're like, <laughs> right this way. I'm sure that's like, what it, I mean. Like, if, yeah. if Westworld, the way it is in the show, were a real thing, I'm sure it'd be really weird to spend like a week in this crazy wild west where you do whatever you want and then get in the train and go to like your office job at yeah. a bank. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but it was it was really strange because this is like this is a promotional pop up event. You know, I feel like five years ago maybe they'd have like a presentation you watched or something, yeah, or like an right. interview with one of the stars. But in this case, they're like, here's a. This is like the perfect intersection of interactive media and traditional media and technology and convention culture all kind of stacked on top of itself. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's weird. perfect timing, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, did uh, if the, the, the beginning of that story remind me? Did I ever tell? Did you guys know what Jejun was? Yeah, the Jejun Institute. Yeah. Those, uh, so, pervets. Uh, yeah, this. <laughs> pervets? No pervets. <laughs> There's not, they're not pervets. They're like mystery pervets, okay? Yeah, I mean, they're mystery pervets. So, it was this thing. It was a couple years ago. Uh, I was doing with my ex and. Uh, so we were, told you we were watching. <laughs> no, we were we were like we had just finished rewatching Lost at the time. We were talking to someone. Someone's like, "Oh, have you done Jejun?" And I'm like, "We don't know what that is." Like, okay, don't Google it. Uh, go to this building. So there's this giant building downtown, right by the Transamerica building. And they're like, "Go to the 35th floor, take a right, and then there's gonna be a receptionist and say that you're there for the Jejun Institute." And we're like, "Okay." You actually did that? I would never. I would totally I mean, Google it, it five ours. minutes later. It's a friend of ours. <laughs> and so we get up, 35th floor of this building. We go to the receptionist. And we're like, uh, we're here for the Jejun Institute. And she's like, oh, orientation. And we're like, sure. She's like, all right, right this way. And so we enter a room, and it has all this like weird 70s kind of psychedelic like faux sci-fi, almost like Timothy Leary stuff. Like, And, and we're just sitting there, and uh, a doctor comes in in a white lab coat and gives us this very brief sort of test. And it almost was like if you're trying to get like a pot card – it's like, uh, do you guys have nightmares? Like, well, sure, we have yeah. nightmares. Like, do you get worried about stuff? I'm like, well, yeah, I get, I get worried about stuff. He fills out some stuff. He's like, um, all right, I'll be back in a couple minutes. He leaves, and we're just like, uh, all right. And then the TV comes on, and it is, it's like that scene from Lost, but it's or like I guess the Bob Dylan music video. Mm-hmm. And there's a woman on there with uh, cue cards, and she says, "Don't believe their lies." And she pulls the next one. She says don't go through orientation. And she pulls out another one. She says, uh, there's a map in the drawer to your right. And so we look to our right, and we open a drawer, and there's a map. And on it, it says, don't take the elevator, take the stairs. And so we, leave, we like sneak out of this building, go down the stairs, and then the rest of the thing is this scavenger hunt throughout San Francisco, 
where it's like you are following, you're going through Chinatown. We had to go into this very specific store in Chinatown and buy this one very specific thing for like $2. That like the and the the people who ran the store like knew that this was a thing, and it all like culminates in you getting back to you go all through Chinatown and North Beach and solving these mysteries and, and scavenging around clue stuff, and it culminates in you getting back to the Jejun Institute. But by the time we got back, the doors were closed. Like it, it's a nine to five thing, and literally it was two days before the last thing ever. So we have no idea what the end game is. Oh man! Yeah. Oh my Which, like, god! That's like super okay, sucks. That sounds like the whole plot to the game with Michael. Oh, like, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like that sounds like the, the entire plot, except without the like cathartic ending. And also, like my brother right. didn't try to throw him out a window or whatever. Yeah. 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 I also love that that was also uh, last week's episode of You're the Worst was them trying to find a speakeasy <laughs> by finding all these like arcane clues. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> another really good movie to check out if you're interested in this sort of thing is Existence. The oh yeah. Cronen- oh, it's basically yeah. Like David Cronenberg's yeah. version of The Matrix. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think a month after the Matrix, and it's Jude Law, so right? much better in yeah. hindsight. Agree, agree, agree. Similar yeah. things. Um, yeah. Make, so anyway, uh, the thing I remember for that is the chicken bone gun. They make a yeah. weird gun out of chicken bones, and they have the weird sex things that go. It's a definitely. There's a lot of. Yeah, a lot that's of, right. It's like, yeah. hey, if the if the PlayStation Move requires you to stick stuff inside yourself, <laughs> that's kind of what you'd be dealing with. Yeah, it's like uh, VR meets body horror, basically. Yeah, that's such a weird movie. I watched that movie. I took a class in art school called History of the Cyborg. Hold for laughs. Uh, and, uh, uh, one day I showed up really late, and my friend and I had been, I don't know, we did the bad stuff the night before, and we showed up like a little bit late and like very hungover. We walk in. Did and, you do the jejun? Uh, no. <laughs> no. We did, that went uh, starting to become really funny. Sailor, Sailor Jerry shots. Yeah. The, uh, the Jerry Institute. Um, but yeah, like we showed up, and there it's like 20 minutes into Existence, which is, again, an incredibly strange movie. And we sit down, and we're just like mouthing like, at yeah. each other across the room and we're like you know we get like to like a halfway through the class and it's like coffee break and we go outside and we're like what are we watching <laughs> what is this movie <laughs> so anyway um, now it is time for my favorite part of the show the end the releasing of the dubs <laughs> um, no it's time for rapid fire this is a thing we do every week usually with uh, Brian Altano rest in peace knock wood um, we go in the Facebook group or on dead. our uh, no he's fine uh, or our YouTube channel which is uh, facebook.com slash group slash podcast beyond or youtube.com slash IGN beyond you guys did a let's play of the Lego Dimensions we uh, did yeah uh, Mission Impossible with pack. the developers and I'm really bad at jumping as a Batman I think um, Batman's not supposed to jump he's yeah. supposed to He's also not supposed to be Mission Impossible. That didn't stop those crazy people at the Traveler's Tales. Those games are so good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, rapid fire. Questions time. Everybody, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Austin Park says, what game changed the way you look at games? Mine is KOTOR. Changed storytelling in games for me forever. God, I feel like I've talked about this so much, but Mario 64. Mario 64, and I, I think to a little bit lesser extent, GTA 3. But Mario 64 for me especially. Um, I think that just made me rethink how big scope could be and made me understand that games can be so much bigger. Uh, I mean, there were Super Nintendo games that did that a little bit as well. I think, like, I've talked a lot about Earthbound on SNES and made me realize games could be funny and made me realize games could be contemporary. Like, it Mm -hmm. didn't... Like, until I played that game, I was like, oh, no one would ever make a video game set in, like, modern day. Why would they do that? Like, why would they be in a small town like I live in? But everything I I played before that was, like, like, the past. With Earthbound, it's like... What if Final Fantasy was set in your neighborhood? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Instead of fighting monsters, you fought rabid dogs. Yeah, and, and crows pizza. with cigarettes. Yeah, and yeah. like like uh, one of the status effects in that game is homesickness, and you have to call your mom. Like that yeah. that game totally made me rethink like what video games could be and the kind of stories they could tell. Yeah, yeah I keep on that, like that length of the past, and then further like down the road, Grim Fandango. Yeah, I think yeah. that was just a super adult story. Okay. 
Yeah, was for it? me it would be Silent Hill, I think. Oh, yeah. Just because, like, that was the first game that I played that really got under my skin in a deeply psychological way. Yeah. <laughs> and every game I played prior to that had... Um, had been a lot more American, a lot lighter, a lot uh, sort of the stories that I was used to seeing um, in movies and television. And here was something that was completely different and messed up. <clears throat> and it just it was like like ice water, you know, in my veins while I was playing that game. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess for me, I've never sort of I, I realized that games can be actually terrifying mm-hmm. and that's why I've been a huge fan of yeah. horror games since. Yeah, nurses don't have to be nice. They can be very scary. They can be really scary. Sometimes Naughty you could... nurses. <laughs> Sometimes you could wear a pyramid on your head. Yeah. yeah. Take also, that off. Also the first game to ever make me cry which oh. is weird. Silent Hill 1 or 2? Uh, Silent Hill 1. Like huh. when Lisa dies. Oh, yeah. Well, she doesn't die but when she realizes who she is. Yeah. Spoiler alert, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think we're fine. Uh, but you know, that moment for me like I remember that was yeah. the first time I actually cried in a yeah. video game. Yeah, horror games are uh, just exceptionally strange because like I've always said you know video games are the only medium that pushes back against you like if a movie gets too scary you close your eyes but it keeps playing Mm. and like a book if you stop reading it it kind of it stops being functioning yeah it doesn't change the end of it from being the end of it it's still there uh everything is kind of automatic in a sense but like video games like you have to make your character move forward yeah and like it was really funny I I was watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre yesterday um, Love that movie. Yeah, I've actually never seen it before. And it was oh, really the yeah, original, yeah, very original. Yeah, 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 okay. And I know that I've, I'd always been kind of scared of it, but then I was watching. It, I was like, "This is this is hokey as hell." And then yeah. I was watching it with Jen, and she's like, "She's like, what is she?" I mean, she's doing like the classic, like, "Why would you go up there? Why would you go in there? What are you, what's wrong with you?" And I'm like, "Because it's a slasher movie. It's like the first slasher movie. Like, right. there's no common sense here. But also, like, you do things that don't make any sense when you're under pressure. Like, when I mean, yeah. she'll do like I was watching her play Last of Us recently, and." You know, she she something would jump out at her, and she'd be like, "Bah!" And she'd like pull up the menu, and I'm like, "Huh? Maybe that's kind of the equivalent of that." You know, <laughs> going going like, upstairs when like, you should, it's pulling up the menu. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, uh, for me, Metal Gear Solid. Um, yes. That was yeah. the first time that I was like, "Oh, why? Do, how did they get the music from the rock in here? Like, how? Do, and also it, it, that just the level of like of kind of cinematic storytelling, you know, for better and for worse. Because sometimes you just want to actually play the game, but." Uh, for it to be like, oh, this is, feels like a movie that you can interact with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it also had that layer of incredible, like, weirdness. Yeah, and, like, meta yeah. sort of in this, where, yeah. it was a, where it was, like, because I'm, I'm the same as you. Like, it, for me, it was the first game that was I was playing that was sort of aware that it was a game, mm-hmm. and that was really weird and cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like having a boss that reads your memory card files, <laughs> yeah. or... Yeah. Just the fact that they're like, hey, um, there's more than one way to do things, and it doesn't tell you that anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, right. yeah, you got to go get the IR goggles so you can see the tripwires. Or smoke. Smoke some cigarettes yeah. that you <laughs> smuggled in in your butthole or your stomach. Yeah, because did you he, got really wet. Did getting he eat in the there. cigarettes? What did he do with that? Yeah, no, I think it was butthole. Butthole? Yeah, butthole, yeah, butthole, butthole cigarettes. Butthole. That's really awful. My favorite 90s band. Yeah. <laughs> Solid snake. Awful man. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, Metal Gear's cool. Um, <laughs> Jeff Vandenbosch says, are you guys going to be at PSX? That's a great question. Uh, uh, Marty and I definitely will, and then TBD on who the rest of the team is. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. yeah, yeah. We're fine. I, I know people in the Facebook group said they want to plan a meetup, uh, cool. which is good because I don't know anything about Anaheim other than the Mighty Ducks. Well, the best place to eat is uh, the uh, the California <clears throat> Pizza Kitchen. Wow, I you said that there were nice restaurants by the convention. Center. Yeah, so not right by the convention. Center. <laughs> no, I mean I've only the only time I've really been there was for BlizzCon twenty. I'll have the Mighty Duck but, comfy. Yes, <laughs> right. uh, but no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll find a place. Okay. Uh, 
Matthew Fieldhouse says, who do you think is going to win the Great British Bake Off? What is your reaction to the news that it is moving channels and losing most of its presenters and judges? How does, so, can, how do you, so can a single person on this, in this table, like, like in this room, answer that? Yes. So okay, the thing right. is, last, last week, week yeah. right. Andrew, last week's episode was weird. It was just Andrew and I, and then we brought in rotating guests, rotating thirds. And I think to kill time, in between one of the, in between two people, he started talking about the Great British Bake Off. I got mad at him and I said, no one cares. It turns out a lot of people care. A lot of people really like the Great British Bake Off. Yeah. I don't know why anyone lets me on the show. Uh, I, I think Candace. You have squatters, or, right? So you've been here longer than the rest of us. Candace or Selassie or Benjamina would be my pick to win. And I think it's a, very sad that everyone's leaving next season, that the show's just going to be weird old Paul Hollywood and probably Yeah, I'm pretty sure people felt that way about this show, too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, that show's really strange. I don't really watch those shows, but I, I went over to a friend's house, and they were all, like, just watching it, really into it. And it was kind of surprising it's, how, like, pleasant everyone is. It I've is never, this lovely yeah. show. Like, Mary Berry. Was, she's incredible. She's, like, a force of nature. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, this cake is, this cake is absolutely her. terrible. But you tried. Yeah, yeah. You should feel bad about yourself, but not that bad, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Sebastian Thrower says, has a game ever hit too close to home for you, for better and or for worse? Ooh played Braid right after a breakup. Yikes. And it was a breakup where, like, it was one of those, I was like, oh, it was definitely her fault. And I came to the realization that I was like, no, it was totally my fault. And that's sort of what Braid is about. Hmm. Um, and so, like, playing that just at the right time and right place in my life, I was like, oh, yikes. Yep. Jobs yep. and blow and I know what's going on. Yeah, that'll be rough. Yeah. Man, I don't think I've really had a game hit too close to home for me, story-wise, honestly. Yeah. No, neither. Yeah. I mean, that... But probably like movies and TV shows have done that to me, but I don't know that I've necessarily I mean, had a game. Playing Metal Gear Solid Two in the aftermath of nine eleven, when like yeah. people were like, wow. uh, yeah. "Why is there like is what's the go- is the government like spying on us? Or is there cyanide in the mail? Like what's happening? Yeah. Like yeah. What, what's going on right now?" And then it's all like, "Oh, memetics." To fight the president on a roof. I mean, yeah, I, I reviewed that Dragon Cancer, which was hard to play, but I wouldn't say that it was because um, you know I don't, I haven't had a child who's had cancer so I can't say oh yeah it hit, hit close to home but it was definitely yeah. uh, it was very emotional mm. yeah. that game. even it, a child without was... cancer like Justin can't play that game because he's like I have a daughter like I could yeah, never yeah. yeah it's definitely a, like a difficult game to mm. play yeah. yeah and there were I mean times over the weekend when we were playing Mafia 3 is much different but there was like I killed a clansman and then the cops surrounded me shot me dead and then the words right before I died it came up the cops have witnessed a crime and just shot me yeah. dead mm-hmm. and so and it was obviously like the, ga- the gameplay in Mafia is very disparate from the storytelling but it was just that image like I think I was on your couch mm-hmm. when we were playing it we are like oh wow yeah well, damn yeah yeah, uh, that's not. Yeah, that's not obviously not too close to home for, for our experience, but yeah. like in terms of like oh, real of, life tragedy, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, playing a game that hits too close to home for better, I would say uh, Sybil, the Nina yes, Freeman's game, hundred percent. Yeah, uh, that's a game about basically falling in love with someone over the internet. Um, yeah. Yep. Totally used to have like like live journal cr- friend crushes and stuff, and uh, it just I mean it brought me back to like kind of a weird point in time when it was yeah, like it was cool. kind of pre-social media but still having yeah and even like i i was playing that game like right at the tail end of a long distance relationship and it was mm-hmm. sort of weirdly reminiscent of that too like yeah that game's that, that game's brilliant i love that game mm-hmm. it's like good music i suppose right yeah yeah the totally it always takes you right back there yep, yep, yeah. yep. um jacob meyer says have any of you ever seen a psychic slash palm reader slash tarot card person deets <laughs> deets <laughs> 
Yeah, that's like the the backwards hat on that sentence. <laughs> I've, I've, I've told Marty like ten different times that I want to just like be like, "Hey, Max, we're taking you somewhere special for your birthday, and take you to a palm reader someday." All yeah, right. we were walking by a palm reader the other day. We, we should take Max here. Yeah. Why so, specifically? Max? Know, it's really weird. <laughs> well, because we wanted because we had a stretch where every time it was someone's birthday, we'd take them to an appropriately themed restaurant. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, we took Brian to Buca de Beppo's, which is this, the most garish Italian fake <laughs> restaurant you could ever imagine. Yep. Um, and we were like, well, we want to expand from food. Like, we want to take a lot of the Outback Steakhouse. Yep. Yep. Um, and I feel like you, yours wouldn't really? be food. Really? I, I feel like that's, I don't, what does that say about me? What? That you want to know what's going to happen in your future. I don't want to know what's going to happen in no, my future. I just, yeah. you're, you're a real mystical dude. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm also, a real mystical no, you, dude. No, no one's yeah. ever said that. <laughs> no, 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 no. The thing is, no, you are like, uh, you are like Kurt Russell in Big Trouble in Little China. And so we need to okay. add some mysticism to your life. Right. Okay, that's fair. Okay, I get that. <laughs> I, I like that you that. just talk Max off the ledge. He's like, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. What is this? Some kind of magic potion? <laughs> uh, but also, right. so I've never been to one, but an idea I want to do before E3, don't steal it, internet, is uh, go to a psychic right before and have her try to predict the uh, press conferences. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, God. That poor yeah. person. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why we, I said her. her. I don't know why I immediately was like, yeah, "Oh, psychics I, I, are women." Did you, did you notice I went a bit gender neutral? Yeah. No, I which like, is totally uh, fine because uh, I said her, and I'm like, well, I don't know what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of like the old trope of like yeah, dinner or something. Like to, yeah. uh, to throw that uh, trope to the wind, uh, there was a guy I went to high school with who used to do a lot of tarot reading. Uh, he was like kind of a theater nerd, kind of a regular nerd, kind of just a strange dude. But uh, he would do this. We had occasionally have like a Renaissance fair at school. It was like you know put on by theater and history and whatever. And they all get together. And, yeah. Uh, but he would do like a, a fortune telling booth when he would have his tarot cards out. But he would always be like, <laughs> "I'm sorry, I love this." He'd always be really biased, <laughs> and, like, and like none of us knew tarot, so we can't really call him on it. But I'd go up and I'd be like, "Hey, what's up, man?" He's like, "Oh, how's it going?" And I was like, "I was like, I was like, I don't know. I was kind of mean to him, but like we were, we sort of got. All, I wasn't mean to him, but I was like, I would tease him here and there. Um, I would like like friend friend bullying, you know, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he would be like. Huh. Uh, let's see. It's the the Knight of Crosses and then the Cup of Clubs or whatever. And they're, they're like, it's like, yeah. This means that um, you uh, you think you're uh, really funny, uh, but you know what? Uh, maybe uh, you know it's you're, maybe you're 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 not. And I was like, it's not fortune telling. But then, he'd, but then he'd do it to girls that he liked, and he'd be like, this is my favorite. Um, be like, hmm. It says you're gonna meet your true love soon. Uh, he's got a. He's got, yeah. he's got, maybe very soon. Maybe you just met him. He's got blue eyes. Uh, his name begins with K, and he loves the Indigo Girl. <laughs> and you're like, they'd be like, that's that's incredibly specific. It talks about the Indo- Indigo Girls in the tarot. Like, so yeah, really, really nice kid. But that was like, it was kind of weird to be like. So what's your what a racket to run? What was your what was your what was your role in high school? Were you like a jock or a nerd or like a fortune teller? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite class. Yeah. Uh, really finally, oh, uh, really AJ Massex is sweet or spicy? Spicy. Spicy. Ooh, that's spicy. such. I mean, gun to my head, spicy but sweet is so wonderful. Like, I feel like there are those moments where I'm like, I've sounds like a Fiona savory. Apple album. <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, yeah, probably spicy. Yeah. I mean, I've, sweets are great. Though. I'm biased there. So. Like Greg Miller's pumpkin bread. Yeah, very great. So what I like is that it, sweets are generally gonna they're gonna make you fat, but spicy is sort of a thing you can put on something that 
won't make you fat to make it more fun. It's true. You can have like it's a true. really boring salad and put hot sauce on it. And you're like, oh, this salad hurts, but at least it's better than being boring. <laughs> <laughs> at least I feel like I'm living. Yeah. No, I have, I have a friend who's like just, just like super like manorexic and he will unscrew the top of like the red pepper thing and he'll have like one slice of pizza but he'll just like cover it in red pepper and then hold it up and shake off the excess like he's making a glitter snowflake in kindergarten <laughs> and then he'll eat Scott? the whole thing. I'm absolutely talking about Scott <laughs> and then he'll just like yeah he'll eat that whole thing and you're like what comes out of you? <laughs> <laughs> that's terrifying uh, is it worth it yeah uh, anyway uh, that about wraps us up Wraps us up like mummies? It's so hot in here. Yeah, wraps Ooh. us up like yeah. mummies. A seasonal treat. A cornucopia uh, of old mummies. Before we wrap us up, we should say that uh, in, what, three days what? from the day where this will go live, uh, there's an IGN house party in San Francisco. Saturday the 15th. Saturday the 15th. You can still get tickets. It's go.ign.com slash IGN house party, or it's the pin tweet on IGN. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'd love to see you. We'll We're all going to be there. Brian's going to be there. Even I'm going to be there. Even crap. Even I'm going to be there. awesome. It, think of how much money you'd be saving over a trip to Australia. It's yeah, sure. Sure. Probably a lot. Yeah. Also, uh, if you fly to Australia, you might not even see Lucy. Yeah. That's probably likely, <laughs> yeah. actually. It's uh, one of the largest islands. Yeah. yeah. But everyone, on, pretty on much, everyone from IGN will be there. Brian yep. will be there. Alana will be yep. there. Yeah. And Jared if you want a uh, job in the industry, uh, our esteemed editor-in-chief, Steve Butts, and our founder, Per Schneider, will be doing a Q&A about how to get a job here. And anyone who gives them a resume, they will personally get back to you and tell you what they thought, which is really oh, that's, cool. That's, that's, that's I, amazing. I would have killed for that. That's, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, those, those, those poor idiots. Why would they agree to do that? Yeah. That sounds like, <laughs> that sounds like a very hard. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna put a sneak resume in there and see what happens. A cool trick to getting a good job is to print your resume on $100 bills. Yeah, someone printed a re- sent us a resume on a cake once, and we ate the cake, and everyone's like, "Hey, everyone, take a picture of that and get the guy's name." And then we're like, "Nope, <laughs> not yeah. great." Yeah. Yep. Uh, anyway, you can follow us all on Twitter. I'm Max Scoville. Andrew is Garfep. Marty is McBiggity. Lucy, what's yours? I'm Lucy O'Brien. L U C E. Lucifer for for. Halloween That's name. Lucifer for Halloween. Well, I, I, don't like, I don't creative. like those Halloween huh. things. Well, it's a festival. Well, because I, I get it. tricked. Like, I see that name and I'm like, I don't know who Spooky McGillicuddy is. Well, it's, like, it's, oh, it's, my when friend. it's like Spooky McGillicuddy. Spooky McGillicuddy. This, and then you have to click through to see who it was. Yeah. Lucy, yeah. You, could, you could totally dress up like Lucifer from Wicked and Divine. Oh, that? okay. Yeah. yeah. I've actually been told that before. Yeah. Like, do you have a Halloween plan? Do you know what you're going to be for Halloween? Um, no, I was actually, I bought a pair of Holtzman glasses mm. um, for 90 American dollars because it's insane. Well, I guess you're going as Holtzman then. Uh, so, yeah, I guess uh, I'm going as Holtzman. What? I need a Halloween. Please send me Halloween costumes. Max already has his. Yours yeah. Oh, yeah, perfect. yours is amazing. Yeah, yeah it's not that Even Even the family's arm. getting involved. I need to build a robot arm. Yeah. No, I'm doing, uh, I'm doing Venom Snake, and I've got pretty much everything except uh, the robot arm. And I need to find my Walkman. And Peppers is... Yeah, I got Pe- Peppers' is D-Dog. I got a little tactical vest. Aww. And he's like a little Very diamond cute. dog. Uh, yeah, I, I have no idea what I'm going to be yet. And we're running out of time. Yeah. All right. Uh, running out of time for the show, too. So be sure to... Don't... don't calm, calm down. I don't know, Marty. You're looking so at me. God, just stop eyes. both of you. It's just my eyes. You're like, you're like pets sometimes. You just get, oh. get all weird and start messing all with each peppers. other. All peppers. <laughs> <laughs> weird mess with each other. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Like that sometimes my animals fight. I'm like, are you mad at each other? Are you just playing? I don't know what you're doing. They started like getting just like up at each other's up at each other's business. I'm like, these stupid idiots, yeah. little animals. All right, uh, yeah, beyond. We'll be back whenever we do this again. In I bet future. it'll be next week. Yeah, or this weekend, whatever. Or this weekend also. So hot in here. I'm gonna try to figure out how to yeah, download. It's very hot. All right. Bye, Thank guys. you, Lucy. Bye. 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 Beyond.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.